Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. Mark Zylinski, Jeremy Duval, and Rob Fanouf as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Counter Charge. My name is Nathan Arnold. I'm Mark Langworthy. I'm Vince Rossbond. And I'm Mark Zielinski. Welcome to the Kings of War RPG show, episode number three. It's so good to be here today with everyone. And as you can hear, we've got a full crew because, yeah, guys, this RPG is coming and we're so excited. We've got lots of things to talk about today. But the first thing is you notice that Vince Rossbond from Winged Hussar Publishing is with us. And you're probably saying, Vince Rossbond, what is he doing here? Well, Vince, I understand we have something to talk about, so I'm going to turn over the countercharge airwaves to you, my friend. Thanks, Mark. Uh, yeah, a lot of people, uh, I myself sometimes say, what am I doing here? But <laughs> we just, uh, we're just we very happy to say that we've come to, we have an agreement now with Red Scar to be doing novels based on the RPG, which are going to be based on, you know, the Mantic universe. So um, we're excited. I think Mark's going to be doing the first novel on this. And... Uh, you know, it, it's going to be tying in this bigger picture of Mantica and uh, and how we view the world, both from a big view and a small down view. And uh, I think that's going to be coming out next year. Uh, exact date we haven't finalized yet, but sometime probably in the spring. Very good. So you think that Mark has enough time between... Uh... <laughs> everything he does and knocking on a novel too well congratulations mark that is very exciting news so how'd you get roped into this thank you mark uh it's, it's a it's a real honor for vince and uh for brandon to to give myself the opportunity to, to uh write a novel in the kings of war universe um and it came about from conversations with uh, vince and brandon via email really i've kind of produced small pieces of uh short stories and and prose in other areas and Brandon uh, absolutely loved it. So we, we got talking about the, op- the the opportunity to be able to tie in the whole Kings of War universe with the RPG through novels and explore some of the background to some of the campaigns that will be coming. So players and, and GMs will be able to kind of read the background to, to where the campaigns have sprung into life um, and kind of really ground themselves in, into the lore of, of where their players will be going. But yeah, it's just, a, it's just a fantastic opportunity for us all to be able to work together and tie all those points up, really. Well, that's kind of one of the keys, I think, for D&D and Pathfinder. They have novels that are attached to the RPG, so this is very, very, very exciting. So, Vince, do you have a number of novels planned already? Do you have something kind of projected, or we're just starting with Mark and see where we go from there? Well, uh, ideally, we're going to do a couple of novels a year, Um, again, depending on uh, our ability to get quality writers to do it and uh, our schedule but you, you figure at least uh, two to three novels a year in this along with the the ones that we're doing for mantic in, in general absolutely i just saw that ben stoddard's novel drowned secrets just went up for pre-order up on amazon very very exciting love the cover by the way thanks yeah we're we're, uh, we're trying to make use of as much of the mantic artwork they have available as we can keep it all in theme 
Um, we're very excited about Ben's book. Uh, I think it's uh, going through the final reviews now of uh, uh, Brandon with his red pen or red marker, whatever he has these days. So that'll be you know, going off pretty soon, I hope. And then uh, we've got a couple more in the work. So uh, we're all excited about that, including, uh, even though it's not uh, Kings of War, Last Hurrah, which is, uh, is going to be coming out in the uh, fall. Okay, so you have my curiosity up. Last Hurrah, what is that? That is the, um, it's by Robert Waters. So that's going to be the Dreadball novel that we've got coming out. Oh, very, very excited. So do you have a second author selected for the RPG, or is this the open casting call to the countercharge audience? <laughs> well, we don't have a second author yet. We're, we've got a couple of candidates that we're talking to, but we're always interested in, in looking at new people, as you know. It's really just a matter of the ability to, to put a, a story together in long form, which, which is kind of difficult for, for a lot of people. So yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll see exactly how that's going to work out. One way or another, we'll find them. Well, the one thing I find with the RPG crowd is there's a lot of writers in there because they have to write campaigns and stories of their own in order to generate a world for their players. So I'm certain that we're going to have a vast pool of talent that's going to be rolling into the Kings of War universe, and that'll be very, very exciting. So, But if someone hears this and gets all itchy and excited, they just reach out to Brandon, right? Correct. Yeah, Brandon... Uh... Brand does all the commissioning on these novels, so he would be the one to do it. And, of course, you know, the, the, the important things we've got to keep in mind is we, we do have a full range of uh, novels coming out, and mo many of them with first-time authors. So we're, you know, we're, we're, we're very open to this. Uh, we've got a, one in February from James Dunbar. We've got a Goblin King novel by Rob Berman on the works. Yeah, a lot of exciting things coming out. There you go. So do we have the third Kings of War novel already in production? Is this something you can take the wraps off of, or is it a little too early? I think the next one we've got on the on the schedule is Claws on the Plane by James Dunbar. I'd, I'd have to, unfortunately, Brian's out here, so he, he's usually my check on this one. But uh, yeah, that's going to be coming out in February. I think that's the one set on the Ar Arcadivian plane? Yeah, that's it. Yep. I did have one quick question for you. Uh, as far as the the novels go, uh, number one, I read Steps Deliverance on Kindle. I don't know, the, within the first couple of days of it coming out, it's a wonderful book. I'd already done some of the reading for it ahead of time with Mark Barber. If anyone doesn't have it, why not? Go get it. Read it. It's awesome. Uh, I'll say it again and again and again. But what's the focus as far as the, the RPG books versus... The general Kings of War book, are we more focused down on just a couple of characters and a, a smaller scale story? Or how is this going to feel different from the main Kings of War books in the kind of the big picture things? Yeah, I, I mean, the proposal I sent to Brandon, um, it, it is more character focused, um, but it ties into, I guess we're allowed to talk about it now because it's just been released in the UK in Tabletop Gaming Magazine. But it draws on the League of Infamy theme as well, which... Okay. Uh, the kind of shadow organization working in the background. So it's more character-based around the League and, and some of the shenanigans they're up to, but that sets up the kind of kingdom and empire building that the players will experience in, in the RPG campaign. That, that, and the, the other outlines, I guess, will depend on people's submissions and, and where we'd like to take the tie-ins to the um, campaigns in the future. Uh, one, one thing I will say is probably, you mentioned Mike Barber there, but um, Brandon did 
did link me to Mark, um, Mark's interest in writing for the RPG. So I've, I've been in talks with Mark behind the scenes to actually um, kind of come and write on the RPG um, side of things as well. So we're, we're kind of doubly tying things up um, and how that shapes up for Mark. And uh, I'm kind of really excited myself, but I need to get need to kind of get specifics now to Mark about how we can tie that into um, one, whether it relates to steps of deliverance or two, whether it's going to be a completely independent thing. But it's just awesome to be tying all of these connections up and, and have mm-hmm. have the flow between the all of the different areas uh, linking up. So. Yeah, I mean, the, the key thing is, uh, I think most novels are have a character-driven story. Um, in, in, in the other Kings of War, character-driven, but you have an yeah. overarching picture, picture as well. I think yeah. the thing with the, with these novels, well, they will be more focused. The, the, the story will basically revolve totally around individual people. Awesome. And I will also mention we'll have to do a podcast with that just so that we have four Mike, uh, four Marks on the line at one time, and then we can have a lot of <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, but you see, there's Mark with the C, Mark with a K, or you're going to have Mark with a Q. You need, you need to differentiate them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That sounds awesome. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and uh, the other thing, too, is, you know, again, we talked about this, and you can hear it happening here, right here on Countercharge, folks. The Fluff community has banded together, is coordinating, stitching it all together, and it's just terrific. So you are going to be delivered one heck of a product here on Kings of War. Everything's going to be integrated, and it's just terrific. It makes me so happy, guys. So I'm so glad that you guys got together and that this is going to be happening. So we'll definitely have to have you back for updates and the whole banana. So. Sure. I, I would just want to say, you know, the response to Steps of Deliverance has been very good, very positive so far. We did a small initial run, but we've had to reprint it because uh, we've just got a lot of orders. And uh, I want to thank the community for that. But just, you know, we, we want to keep on putting out a new product. You, but um, it, it helps to make it more available by, by putting in orders to wherever you buy books. It shows that people are interested and then it becomes we'll be able to get it out in the forefront. Speaking of that, Vince, where would be the best place to order it from that would help you? Some people would think the website, you know, a lot of people, I mean, we go ahead and send out the Amazon links, but, you know, what would be the best way to kind of get more bang for your voting dollar on, we want more Kings of War novels, we want Wing Tassar, we want Zamok books, you know, where's the optimum way to do this? The, um, oddly enough, I'm I'm happy if you order from uh, uh, a website for either Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Waterstones or wherever it is, because that then shows that there's interest in this. It's easier to collect back orders and 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 show that there's a viable community in here, and that that actually gives us access to a bigger market. Uh, however, I'm I'm happy to sell you from the website, my website. Uh, we get them out within a week. Uh, because depending on where you are, either I'm shipping out from the U.S. here or I have them printed overseas and, and shipped directly to you. So uh, it works either way for, for me. Uh, I, I, but I, I'd actually prefer you to do, order it from, uh, from a vendor uh, just, to, just to show that this community is very large and, uh, and, and wants these books. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to have to develop a contest around this, so watch this space. We're going to have to see how we're going to work that out, Vince. You and I will chat later. So, But, uh, yeah, we'll find a way to do that. But, 
All right, folks, so you heard it from the man himself. So spread far and wide, pick up Steps to Deliverance. It is an excellent book. It is an excellent book, and it's really the kickoff. And, you know, I've had Brandon on the show. We talked that Ben's is written in a little darker style, so I'm really looking forward to that one. So, And uh, there's much, much more coming. So can I ask Vince how we're doing with Clint? Has he been engaged in his trilogy? Has that started yet? Or Yes, yes. He's, uh, he's started on that. And um, I think, again, that's going to be the spring of next year where that's coming out. I'll have to double check on that. But I, I believe that's it. That, that, that's been a real hush-hush thing at the moment. I know it has been. So that's why I didn't expect to get much. But we got a rough estimate there. And it's nice to know that they are underway. So... I know that uh, Clint and Ben have been working uh, together on just coordinating or doing something. So very, very exciting. I mean, the authors are all talking. The different companies involved are talking. It's terrific. I just I can't wait to see how this is all going. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's great. Mantic, is, as, as we've said, has been great as far as giving us material to play with and then uh, sending, giving us direction where they'd like this to go. Yeah. But um, it, I think these next, this next uh, few books that are come out are going to be very exciting for the fan base. I know we're very excited about it as well. Yeah, it's, it's just really exciting. Clint in particular has been kind of, again, we're working in the background with myself, Mantic, and, and Wing Desire to help shape up the timeline. So, yeah, he, he's, he's been a real stalwart as well, really, in, in helping drive this forward. And he's a big RPG player as well, so just I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Even better yet. So, I can we ask? Do we? When does the when is the RPG set? I mean, is it starting in a certain time period, or is it time flexible? And that's going to kind of lead into where the novels are set. Is it going to be, you know, kind of flexing in time, or? So the the kind of core um, RPG setting will be uh, current time, which we're setting it just after the events of the edge of the abyss where you know the abyss has been flooded races are migrating and and it, that's causing all sorts of political shenanigans uh, across mantica but that yeah we'll we'll be looking at products in the future that will that will probably delve into other areas but, but you know perhaps more um more deeper magical uh, time zone time time areas um different different uh, different ways of playing really i think we're certainly more about providing options than trying to say this is how you need to play well it gives you lots of opportunities for expansions and things like that so you know being able to flex around like that and opening up the world of mantica you know overall where mantica just becomes a continent and there's going to be more to the world so much more on that to come in the future i am sure so yeah i mean it's very exciting to be able to to get in and sort of dive into the background and in some ways we're we're creating in information that what didn't exist before. From that standpoint, it's going to be uh, it's going to be eye opening, I think, to the fans. I mean, Clint is absolutely epic. Um, <laughs> can't say too much, obviously, um, but yeah, it's going to be going to be absolutely outstanding. Some really exciting news that's coming out of this today too is that Clint's getting involved also with the RPG. So it's certainly brought it to a new level for me. Very, very exciting. So. You know, we've got the new authors and we've got the old time authors and, you know, really good authors. And it's just exciting for me. So very, very cool. So is there anything else we got to cover on this, Vince? No, that's about it. I mean, just please keep supporting us. 
our endeavors to grow the novel line. And we're always happy to get feedback from folks. All right, fantastic. Well, why don't we go ahead and we'll slide into a commercial break. We'll come back on the other side and we will discuss our main topic for today. I can't believe you're listening to the Stinkin' Podcast. Wing Tusser Publishing and Zemok Books is your one-stop site for historical, sci-fi, and fantasy gaming. Look for our novels that tie into some of the best sci-fi and fantasy settings. Mantic, Antares, Blood and Plunder, and Martian Front. In addition, is a source for historical background and material for all your historical wargaming armies. Look for our book set, wingtosarpublishing.com, in all good booksellers. For listeners of Countercharge, check our website for special discounts on Mantic-related books. I'm Andy2D6, the Orange Legend, and you're listening to Countercharge. Get ready to charge those counters. And welcome back. All right, well, we are going to get into some of the mechanics of the game here for you today. So, very, very excited about this. So, Nathan, you've uh, had the RPG. You've been playing it. You're ahead of the game on me here. So, but... Mark is here, and I'm really looking forward to your discussion. So I'm going to turn over the countercharge microphone to you, my friend. Awesome. I appreciate it. It's kind of terrifying. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk with you, Mark, a little bit about kind of where the RPG comes from so that people know, especially coming from, from other systems. I come from D&D primarily, a little bit of dabbling here and there, but primarily from D&D. And of course, this is very, very different from D&D if you're if that's kind of all you've experienced. So I know a lot is already out there regarding the core basics of, you know, what you roll and how things work at the very, you know, kind of first few minutes of, of learning at the table. So talk to me a little bit more in detail about some of the the specifics. I've been looking over things like the keywords, uh, some of the, I believe you refer to them in the rules as the archetypes uh, and talents and things there. So give me a little bit of insight as to how some of that works and kind of what made you go that direction and how is it going to make the Kings of War RPG a little bit more, a little bit more unique in, in the, you know, the overall landscape of RPGs. Yeah, totally. Um, just, yeah, just go back to the D and D kind of basis, I guess, originally. Um, so the mechanics are clearly different from um, D&D Basics, um, but that D&D actually drove me to take a look at the system as it originally, uh, we originally conceived it. So we've taken it to, to quite a few conventions now, um, run it through a lot of playtests. And D&D is, is the go-to uh, for a lot of people at the moment. It's, it's, you know, it has a huge fan base, a huge celebrity fan base as well, and extremely popular. Um, and people talk about its, its accessibility. And that's one thing we were keen for our own tricore system to be um, accessible for people. So we kind of like took a step back from various playtesting sessions we went to and and it it was clearly, um, I'd like to think of myself as a good storyteller, so people were enjoying the game, but I could tell they weren't particularly understanding the system. So we we took a step back and kind of what makes D&D accessible for people. Um, And that's, we, we actually simplified the system a lot to make it, as accessible, I think, if not, if not, hopefully more accessible. Yeah, if that's unbelievable. But yeah, so at its core, obviously, you've had a look, Nate. Um, there is the dice pool, which is familiar to people that have experienced um, games outside of D and D, and it's certainly an influence from my own decades of role playing, I guess. But the we, the, the the core of the system, we wanted it to be characterful which led to a lot of decisions um, like archetypes because we can build in 
Vanguard, you know, sorry, not Vanguard, um, Kings of War flavored um, archetypes. So rather than having the kind of standard, you know, cleric, fighter, wizard, we, we can still do that with archetypes on the top. In my opinion, it kind of lets us build very Kings of War themed archetypes that then build around that. I'm not sure how much of the gain of this I can talk about because the magic system is something that's developing in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there are different schools of magic within within Kings of War, and you've you've obviously seen the pregens where we have the Stone Priest and the Druid. So there are two areas we we can work on the themes around core um, core classes, core archetypes. And really flavor them into the Kings of War setting. Sure, and I think the archetypes have been something that I was I was particularly I wouldn't say worried about, but I know when when you walk into a new RPG setting and you and the initial label is there's no character classes, and obviously it's not like you're shouting that from the rooftops. But I've played enough RPGs and things on you know, digital framework, you know, where oh, there's no character classes, you can pick whatever you want. A lot of times in a tabletop RPG. That's harder to do because you don't have direction. You don't have something that your character is supposed to do. And so it, it is good to have a, a framework that you build around and especially linking it back to what people are familiar with from Kings of War and from Vanguard, where you have, okay, this guy is a druid. I kind of already know what he does from the, the original game. But also if you're coming in from you know not playing Kings of War it's not like you're not going to know what that means either. So I, I do like that idea of having these base kind of guidelines around some of the, the core mechanics of your character. I did uh, very much appreciate that just because it does, as you said, keep things easier and more accessible uh, for people coming from, from the outside in. That's definitely uh, definitely a good thing to see. Talk to me a little bit about, because I've, I've seen it, I haven't run it as of yet, but I, I do want to know a little bit of how uh, how you've you've seen a or how you work a difference between what I would just kind of say is combat and then non-combat actions because in D and D you have combat which most people considers about you know seventy percent of what you do versus non-combat's a lot simpler and not as easy is is it really is it really just about the same sort of experience between the two in the system or is it like you move into combat and everything sort of shifts and change and you have this whole different approach to everything. I think it's about the challenge as much so so you have combat challenge you'll have a social or political challenge and we'll certainly build into the rpg um advice on how combat's quite clear cut you you know you'll take wounds you'll defeat the enemy um you'll gain some loot but um certainly when they are in our campaign terms that it might not just be as simple as defeating the enemy gaining some loot that might have political repercussions somewhere down the line because we're trying to offer campaigns that involve the players in in becoming the movers and shakers in their own kingdoms and that will have the same effect in a social and political scene. So we'll build advice in for the GMs on when you get into social encounter, how the players will challenge that, particularly through their dice pools and keywords and archetype uh, traits. And then some of the things that can go wrong and some of the positives that can come out of that situation depend on how it's dealt with. And it's about making them, being able to, I guess, lead, lead the players and, and GM into viewing it as a challenge as, as, as much as a combat scene might be a challenge. So we're not trying to drive the, the core mechanics simply through the fact that you dive into combat and, and, and uh, achieve the outcome you like from, from facing that combat, but also in different areas, particularly as you get into the, uh, into the further depths of the campaign. So um, we've, what we've talked about cross-accessibility between Kings of War's other platforms in Vanguard and Kings of War itself will be the RPG isn't, isn't necessarily 
or isn't at all going to be driven by the fact that you need miniatures on the table. Of course not. We'll be offering advice in around that in how to face challenges on a, a large scale through narrative. But but if you want to get your miniatures out, I'm sure we discussed this before in the previous podcast as well, how the outcome of a large scale battle will, will affect the entire campaign. I kind of hope I've answered your question there, Nate. Um, <laughs> you did. No, that's, and that's good because the way you, and I'm correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying that a combat sin, a combat encounter, a combat challenge is at its essence not any different from any other challenge. It may have in different elements and different pieces that are involved, but it's not like you, oh no, we have to change our entire game flow and we have to switch to this other thing for you know the next three hours. From what it sounds like from what you're saying, this is a okay, this is going to act a lot more like every other situation you come across. There's gonna be a different flavor to it, but it's it's not like everything's based around we're gonna have this fight and beat this thing, and we're gonna go, you know, kick down another door and beat the next thing. It's it's a lot of the the bigger picture stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um cool. and I think hopefully I kind of tried to bring that into the um initial adventure that you know, the introductory adventure, where a lot of the introduction is laying the foundation for the players home base and the politics that are taking place there and then leading people towards the combat so that you can see some of the background that's taking place some of the social or political roles that might happen or scenes that can be set up without necessarily resorting to combat good good i definitely like that uh, talk to me a little bit about the kind of the process that someone goes through in terms of where normally and, and again this is coming from a primarily D core you know background for myself I can pretty easily make a character and go through things and, and set everything up without having a, a big picture in mind. If, if you're building a character or, or starting a campaign in, in the Kings of War RPG, you've, you've referenced a lot of those big picture decisions, how things affect things politically. Are you expecting everyone to kind of walk into that mindset or, or want people to walk into that mindset when they start? Or is this a game where I can start with just, hey, I want to be a simple person and then it's pretty easy to develop into how i can change things politically kind of how would you want people to approach the game uh, for a few times they play it yeah sure um, I, I think I've, you know i've already said that we, we're not driving towards telling people how to play the game we'd like mm-hmm. to provide a, an open setting for people to to go and play it how they like um and if that is the case that they'd like to you know my, my partner helen she very much is a dungeon crawler where she likes to delve into a dungeon kick open doors and gather the loot that's absolutely great um it's it's certainly the foundations of, of where rpgs began so for us, it's about providing as much of a scope for people to enjoy the game as, as much as um, th- down different, as many different avenues as they can. Um, so the core mechanics and the core rulebook will focus on getting people at the table to play. And then each campaign will provide the framework for, for opportunities to uh, play it in, in different ways. Well, yeah, and that will include, probably include, well, they will certainly include dungeon crawls. I know for, for a fact that with the campaign we're developing at the moment, dungeon crawls, um, social scenes political scenes and that's the intention there is to allow different play styles and different characters to shine okay i do want to talk a little bit if we can about as far as being a a, a gm uh coming from that primary role in D and the groups that i've run and looking at these adventures looking at these you know campaigns that people are going to be going on i come from a perspective of a gm who is very loose in what i do i don't have a lot of things pre-written i don't have a lot of things pre-planned just because that's not what usually works for for me but what i've seen from the scenario that's out there which you've run with other people in the demo it looks like there's a lot of flexibility built into what we have so you kind of say here's the direction here's some of the guidelines here's some things that should happen 
but you're not going to the same detail that a lot of D&D campaigns of this is a guy you're going to talk to. He's going to basically say this, and this is the way that you have to go. So are you planning on keeping a, a very loose hand in the campaigns moving forward, or are you going to have a little bit more detailed and this is this person that's going to do this thing in, in a lot of different scenarios, more along the lines of where your D&D books are written from, where there's a lot more hand-holding, I wouldn't say railroading, but a lot more specific, exactly here's how things work for, for GMs. How do you work on that balance and we get into the actual campaigns moving forward? I'm very much the same as yourself, so I'll often turn to a session with a pencil and some dice and a few names of an, an, idea, an idea where to go and let the players run the show, really. And we build the story as a, as a collective. Not that they might know that, but that's that's certainly how <laughs> <laughs> that's certainly how I like to run the games. Um, but I, I appreciate, you know, that as a, as a, a society in general, we've become very time poor, I'd say, which I feel has driven. Um, and again, it's only my personal perspective has driven how campaigns are produced for groups these days. I, I think where it calls for it, we'll, we'll certainly hope to provide solid guidance. Um, so if you need to get from A to B to speak to a certain person, pick up a certain item, then then that will be included. Uh, we're, we're trying to provide as many options as possible for GMs to follow the, the you know the, the the best path for their group. So you'll find a lot of sidebar information where if if something needs to be dealt with that isn't so open ended, we can we can put it into a sidebar and say if your players need to find this out or or specifically seek this person out here here is how it can be dealt with. Yeah, I, I try to avoid. And I'd certainly ask my writers to avoid railroading where we can, purely because even as I've playtested it, no one group has done the same thing. And I, 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 again, I appreciate that we can't cover every base, but we'll offer advice rather than say how it should or must be done. Okay. One other area that I, I'm going to bring up now, and I again, it looks like this shouldn't be a problem with this system, but as you're probably well aware, there's been a I would say a big shift in running RPGs digitally, putting things through, whether it be Roll20 or obviously D&D with their own system for how they handle things. I'm not expecting you to have a whole application, a whole framework of things built. What are you thinking is is going to be, at least from the get-go, a lot of how things can be run in an online setting? Do you feel there's going to be some difficulty there? You're already planning for for creating some pieces that help through, you know, just from the, the books and everything else, having some elements that make that digital experience perhaps a little bit easier. How do you how do you feel that would work? Discussion I had the other day with, with some of my own group actually in, in terms of how so you know people some people prefer to get together around a table. Some people might do that in a uh, an actual wider group setting, so you have a, a role-playing club they go to. But I also understand that some people are more comfortable with a bit of distance between themselves and other players. It's something we're investigating. I have a, somebody working on a character creation app at the moment, kind of tinkering with, with the skeleton there. And it's a possible stretch goal I'd like to explore, whether it be Roll20 or Fantasy Grounds. So I have Fantasy Grounds myself, but I, I don't have any particular preference for either. Um, it's yeah, it's certainly something we could explore through the through the facet of a stretch goal in inside the campaign, um, and it's definitely something I'd like to support. I know it's it's as popular um, as as sitting around a tabletop with with friends, or, um, and it opens up opens up new avenues for people to to play the game as well. So, mm-hmm. okay, cool, definitely glad to hear it's in your in your mind. Now, Nate, people that aren't familiar with this digital setting, what's that all about? What does it do for you that kind of changes the experience? There's kind of a few different ways of doing it. So I've actually had a, he's not currently in the group. He had a, had some other life things come up. My, my D&D group has had a player that lives in 
uh, in you know away from where we are. Most of the players come to my house and gather on my table. It's a it's experience there. We had a player who was playing digitally with us just through at the time uh, Google Hangouts, and so we had video, so he could see you know the, if we got minis out and put things on a map, he would see that. But otherwise, it was just he was a part of the conversation overall, and that's kind of the most simplest version. I don't think there would be any you know difficulty in the experience there. Then you go all the way to people that that solely play on on a on a setting or on a, a platform like World 20 or Fantasy Grounds where there is no one that is physically there. You have everyone that's only on the digital experience and they're able to interact with each other and you know visually see something and, and have that experience just from the digital perspective, which has gained a lot of popularity recently. So it is something I'm mindful of, especially because, and this is me personally, I want to set up one session locally with people here and I'm working on putting the, the people together to do that. But I also like if you're okay with it, uh, if you're okay with it, Mark, to put a session together to run things uh, with the RPG digitally between now and the, the Kickstarter rolling out. So hopefully I could get a group of people together, maybe some of the names from, you know, the bigger names from the, the community or just some people that are really interested or invested in the RPG to go through digitally, have an experience where, where everyone is there. If, if that's something you'd be willing for us to give a shot at. Uh, Mark, I, I definitely want to want to put that out there. Yeah, I'm totally okay with that, mate. Um, I very much appreciate you taking the opportunity to set that up, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm more than happy. Sure, sure. So then, then I'll go ahead and put the call out there. If, if people want to do that um, and get a hold of me, I'll probably put something out when this comes out on Countercharge, uh, you know, just to reach out to me and, and see what we can put together. Um, I can't promise anything ahead of time. I have, uh, I have two kids and life and everything, but I, I definitely, this is one of those important things for me that, yeah, it doesn't step in ahead of a lot of other areas, but it, yeah. it really is something that I want to push forward just because I want to see where this can go. I want this to be a great experience for the community. One other question, and this kind of goes back to earlier, we were talking um, a little bit in the, the RPG sort of setting with the novels and how that's going to work. One area that's been really big for me is how the different pieces connect together and knowing there's going to be books that are linked to the RPG is fantastic. Huge fan of that. You know, can't say enough. But also, I would say, are you planning on either creating or or letting Mantic create the characters that are coming from the novels in the, the setting? So again, I don't know how this exactly would work without knowing everything. But for instance, Orion from Steps to Deliverance. Have you thought about, okay, if I'm creating this character, how would I do it? Put this character together. All right, put this out on, you know, Mantic site or put it out on um, someplace where, hey, if you want to play or put this character in your campaign, there, there he is. That's how this would work. Is that something you've thought about or is that something that you could look at putting putting out moving forward as sort of little tidbits of here's how these different pieces and these characters from the, the Kings of War world would actually look in the game? Yeah, uh, yes, it is, yeah. It's uh, kind of specifically where the novel that winged desire uh you know thankfully um allowed me to to write for them but obviously it does time with the rpg so just tying up themes i think so the the campaign itself i don't know if you picked up on it uh nate but it follows on from or ties into the rise of the shadow king which matt gilbert wrote which is the kind of choose your own adventure book that he wrote Mm -hmm. so the the kind of antagonist that links the two together is um githera so she's a, a an ancestor of uh, the Shadow King, and then she she will be working with the League of Infamy to to establish her own power, um, which she gained from her ancestor. So it, it, that's how that's how we're working to tie the theme up, and I'll, I'll be talking to Mark Barber separately about how we can 
maybe work on something that will will relate to steps of deliverance. Um, because, you know, and the way that will work, that there certainly will be the opportunity that I'd definitely like to explore of, of offering people the characters that, that are involved in those as well. So we can say, you know, here's um, here's the kind of early Githera or Githera she calls, uh, she's called before she comes into her power. So if you wanted to kind of go and play her, you can play her or um, Orion from, you know, a, a kind of early experience, early in his career, Orion. Um, here would be his stats. And then on on the kind of mantic front, yeah, it, again, they're, they're very passionate themselves about tying things up. So, um, kind of, we've talked about cross form, cross platforming stats. Um, as the RPGs developed, I've been very keen about bringing in keywords, which you uh, might have. I've not actually got the character creation pack out yet, but uh, in there you'll see keywords that relate to abilities that flow through Dungeon Saga Vanguard and Kings of War itself. So it it should be relatively or it will be a relatively um, intuitive process to be able to create them across either platform, really, from, from where, wherever they're originated, so whether it's the RPG, whether it's Vanguard, or whether it's Kings of War. That is the most exciting part for me, is this cross-platform. I mean, you know, taking your character and, you know, putting it into the other game, that is really exciting for me. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one to crack, and I'm not. Some of it may be just a case of you know it's, it's a little grey area, so we have to offer best guidance rather than a specific rule. But yeah, that's the that's the intent. Um, and I've mentioned before, it's, it's it's quite I'm quite passionate about the fact that you know my group in particular. Sometimes we can get together for a half hour a night, and, and it's more of a social. But if we can turn that social into a kick down the door dungeon saga session for a particular item that will help the campaign overall. They will still feel like we're playing in, in the RPG or the campaign, but enjoying it for another medium. It's a really good opportunity to be able to do something like that. And then particularly as you get into the kind of deeper areas of the campaign where where your actions will have a, a wider reach, a wider effect, then yeah, if, if you have a group or a section of the group, you can get together of an afternoon and and you know have an hour and a half to, to play a skirmish for a Vanguard session, then, then that's also going to be a, a great avenue to explore so it's just yeah it's just not to say like i say we're not saying that you have to it's just the opportunity to be able to explore it through different mediums right well one of the tricky things is you know i mean the abilities and you know this from being on the rules committee for vanguard you know the ability it means one thing in vanguard it means another in kings of war so there's a little bit of that that you have to deal with as well and I don't know how that's tying up in the RPG, too. So, yeah, it'll be a little reconciliation to do there, but uh, it's still exciting for me. Yeah, thank you, Bob. Yeah, like I say, it's just, it's a real head-scratch sometimes, but it's, it's also a, a massive honor that we're, we're determined to um, determined to see through. So um, we're, we're very much collaborative as well. So if, as I said about the blog post for the plan is to get the blog posts out there. Um, we're collecting feedback all the time, and particularly as we're playtesting the, the core mechanics, the character creation connects will go out soon, um, and we're we're looking to get the whole community involved to help shape it. So um, I, I never think that I'm I'm right in any particular area. Uh, hopefully, we provide the best guidance, but somebody may think may think it works it works better in a different way. I was going to wait for this until later, but since it came up now, if someone wanted to get involved with this, what would they do? They could either message me through uh, Red Scar's Facebook page. Or just uh, just email me direct at Mark, which uh, as we said earlier is M A R C at red hyphen scar dot com. Uh, just get in touch and we can get you added to the playtest list. Which we're kind of at the stage where we've collected the alpha playtesting feedback. Uh, we're about to head to a wider audience as it is anyway. So uh, we'll be opening it up to the wider community very soon. 
but yeah, please do get in touch. All right. Well, hey, again, very, very exciting, Mark. It's very exciting that we're going to be able to get the community involved and everything else. So I hope everybody blows up your messenger and you'll be yeah. sending out lots of information to people. So I'll know I'll be one of them here. I'm a little behind the eight ball here on Nate. So I'm Hoping to get in the beta. I was not in the alpha, so. That's cool, Mark. It blew up my messenger even more than it already is, I think. But, um, yeah, look forward to it. All right, fantastic. Why don't we go ahead and slide into a commercial break, and we're going to come back on the other side and do shout-outs and wrap up the show. You're listening to Counter Charge, the station where some people know what they're talking about. Howdy, this is Mark Cox. And this is Jeff Swan. And this is Ryan Smith, and we are the Beer Phase Podcast. We're three TOs from Texas, and we talk about the most important phase in Kings of War, as well as other games we play, the Beer Phase. Hang out with us and get our thoughts on hobby, the best beer available, any gaming tactics and current events in the gaming community, as well as guest interviews from people from all over the world that have the same hobbies we do. So grab a beer and have a laugh with us as we BS about all things wargaming. Check us out on Twitter at the Beer Phase and thebeerphase.podbean.com or on iTunes. The Beer Phase, one word. How do you know someone's from Yorkshire? Don't worry, they'll tell you. Just like me, I'm from Yorkshire. I'm Nick Williams. You're listening to Counter Charge. And welcome back. All right. Well, hey, it's been an exciting show so far. I hope you have all enjoyed it out there in Countercharge land. So it is time for shout outs. So, Nathan, any shout outs for today? Um, nothing really big. Probably the biggest shout out for me moving forward is if you haven't been to the Alamo GT uh, here in San Antonio, Texas, uh, definitely do it. I know probably more coming out later on, but it's the first weekend in November. Uh, highly, highly recommend coming down and hanging out for all the various reasons that all of us play this game to begin with. But it's a great experience. I know Lone Wolf is kind of the big event in Texas, but I think there's some things with Alamo that make it a little bit more intimate. Um, for, for those of you that don't know, it's held in a bar, the environment. It's it's right by the Riverwalk here in San Antonio. So it's a great experience overall. Uh, highly, highly recommend it. If you have any questions, reach out on pretty much any of the main Kings of War pages, you know, tag either myself or the GT organizer, Ryan Smith, and you'll get more information. Happy to follow up and continue that. Also, any, if there's as far as more information moving forward with the RPG, obviously we'll be letting everybody know, but I know we have the, (laughs) we have that coming up in August, but I'll, I'll go ahead and let Mark talk about that. Also, I got to mention that Alamo was the site of, the U.S. Masters this year. So if you want to see where the U.S. Masters was held and kind of soak up a little bit of that uh, knowledge that's remaining (laughs) or the fun that's remaining, you know, definitely check out the Alamo GT. So Ryan Smith would love to have you there. So now, Nate, this is more like a hobby tournament. It's kind of got that reputation. So it sort of does. I mean, Ryan is well known as one of the best painters in Kings of War as far as painting armies. That's one one of the areas he'll always defend. He's an army painter. Uh, so if you want someone to take a look at your army, if you want to talk with someone that's really, really good at what he does, I'm not going to pretend to be anywhere near him. But yeah, definitely come down and kind of see where you stack up against everyone and let one of the best painters, one of the best army painters in Kings of War, take a look at your stuff and, and give you some insight. 
Very, very cool. All right, Mark, thanks for joining us today. So do you have any shout outs? Thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, I think, well, my first shout-out has to be to Wings as well, really. If you're not checking out the Novels, please go and do it. It's a really massive privilege for me. So my time in the Army, um, I uh, was a Royal Electrical Mechanical Engineer, but I spent most of that attached to the King's Royal Hussars. So again, it's a real privilege to go from one Hussar to the Winged Hussar. So that's the first shout-out, really. And the second one is for a charity event that's coming up in August, which will be around at the time that we're launching the Kickstarter campaign. Um, we're heading to Southampton Sluggers charity event on the 23rd of August, uh, which is a kind of 24-hour charity marathon. Um, and we'll be there running the RPG, um, generally assisting where we can and hopefully raising some money uh, to do some good in various places. Vince, thanks again for joining us today. So excited that you joined us and so excited about the news of the novel. So do you have any shout-outs today? Well... Mark, it's always a pleasure talking to you guys and always a pleasure being on here. Uh, you know, obviously, shout out is uh, thanks to the fans who support us and uh, ask that you continue to do so at uh, wingedhazarpublishing.com. But also, you know, not just for novels, but we, we also produce some fine books on history. And when you're painting, there's always a good resource there. Uh, I know I do it myself. And uh, again, thanks to... Uh, Thanks to everyone who's been helping, all the authors, all the people in the community, uh, Ronnie and the crew at Mantic, and of course you guys. Oh, it's always a pleasure to have you on, Vince. So, and you know that kind of brought to mind a little bit. I know I was talking to Brandon, and we might be having an audio book coming for Kings of War. Yes, we're talking to the gentleman who does a lot of our audio production, and uh, I think he'll be doing the Kings of War audio for Steps to Deliverance. Very, very exciting, and we will have you back on on a future episode to discuss that because that is huge news. I am so excited about that. So, And for myself, I, of course, have to get a shout-out to EasyArmy.com. Can you spot Blaster on the page? If you get a chance, you know, throw a few pounds, a few ruples, something over there to Greg to, you know, say thank you for all the hard work that he does. He is very, very important to the community, and Kings of War would not be the game it is today without him. So, of course, a huge shout-out to him. So, very good. Well, hey, gentlemen, again, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. And, Nate, why don't you go ahead and take us out? And until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.